0: Jan van Techner spent 15 years as CEO of Opera Software, where he learned that different people use the company's web browser in different ways.
1: People were using the, the gestures, or they were using the visual icons, or they were using the keyboard shortcuts, or they were using the single-key keyboard shortcuts. There was all these different ways to do things. And I think saying that one way is more right than the other is just wrong.
0: A few years after leaving Opera, Techner found himself dissatisfied with some of the changes happening to the web browser he helped create. So he started a new company to work on a new web browser. Coming up on LPX, a web browser designed to be powerful, easy to personalize, and aimed squarely at power users. A lot of software developers probably dream of creating the next Google or Facebook, products that are used by a huge number of people. But sometimes software that's designed to meet a lot of people's needs isn't the best option for people with very specific needs. Vivaldi is a new web browser that's not trying to dethrone Firefox, Chrome, or Internet Explorer, at least not yet. Instead, it's focusing on power users that are looking for features that you might not find in some of those browsers. Vivaldi founder Jan von Techner was also co-founder of Opera Software, a Norwegian company that develops web browsers for desktop and mobile devices. Jan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brad. What is Vivaldi, and how is it different from all the other web browsers that are out there right now? Well, I think
1: the trend in web browsers has been about simplification. Uh, it's all been about making the browser as simple to use for everyone, and which kind of means optimizing for maybe those who don't have as much uh, needs, right? So with Vivaldi, it's different. We see that every person is different and uh, people have different needs. And and our goal is to optimize for the needs of the user. And And how do you do that? Well, first off, we we start with a wealth of features. I mean, out of the box, there's no browser that comes close to the kind of features that we have included. I mean, if I just start in one corner, if you're using a lot of tabs, which a lot of advanced users are, after a while, the tab bar gets a bit crowded. So with tab stacking, you can place tabs underneath tabs. And this makes it easier to control a lot more tabs than you otherwise would be able to. Um, One of the things that we thought, if you're one of those users that has uh, 27 in screen with uh, 4K resolution, most of the time the web pages will only use a fraction of that. We allow you to tile the tabs in a stack. So that means that you can have multiple websites open at the same time, visible. And then if you have multiple tab stacks like that, you can switch between them. And that's kind of like having multiple desktops that you can switch between
0: And that's the sort of thing where on other browsers, you can sort of do that, but it requires opening different windows and then manually positioning the windows and say, I want this one in the corner and this one taking up the whole right side. Here, you can just hit a key combination on your keyboard and automatically it divides it up. You can do it in a grid, you can do it in tiles, you can do it in different ways, right?
1: Yeah. So it, it's it's very powerful. And, and it's really about, I mean, if you spend a lot of time with a lot of tabs open and, and maybe the same tabs, you can exit the browser and you start off where you left and you have your 50 tabs open and you have your multiple desktops and it's already when you turn on the browser.
0: So, so this isn't really a browser that's for people who only need to do one or two things a day in the browser. They go to Google, they search for something, they maybe read a news website or check Facebook and then they turn it off. This is a browser for people who live in the browser all day, right?
1: Yes, I mean, this is really a browser for people that uh, spend a lot of time online and, and are using the browser, maybe even for work or just uh, enjoy being able to work efficiently on the web.
0: So so how do you get the, the sense that people want these sorts of features at a time when, as you mentioned, others are really trying to be as simple as possible? Uh, Microsoft introduced a new web browser with Windows 10 called Edge. And for the first year that it was available, it didn't even support extensions, let alone a lot of these customization options. How did you decide what we needed to do is make a browser that's more complicated?
1: Well, part of this is we've done this before, right? Um, We we built a browser at Opera that was quite advanced. And when Opera decided to go for a different user group, when they decided, okay, we want to do like the others and provide a a more limited browser, then there was a significant hole in the market. So we knew that there was a lot of people that were unhappy about the decisions made by Opera. And then when we started to work on this, we noticed, well, there's a lot of other people that really want to have a browser that can do more. If you look at the reaction to by Firefox users to the reduction in functionality there, you can sense that there's a trend here. All the other browsers are going for something more limited. There is a need for someone that goes in the opposite direction and actually provides you with what you want.
0: It's the sort of thing where I feel like when you take away features, uh, like some of the things that are missing, Firefox, for instance, changed the way that they're doing uh, uh, extensions, and that means that certain extensions that used to work don't work anymore. So you're going after the power users, the people who are using the things that other companies are saying, ah, oh, we don't need that, not enough people are using it. Are you saying that they're wrong, or are you saying that the people who are complaining deserve a browser too? <laughs>
1: Well, I think everyone deserves a browser that's optimized for them. I mean, personally, I do believe that it's the task of the software maker to actually adapt to the user. I mean, people are different. They have different requirements. And, and I mean, I, I used to see at Opera, I would ask users, okay, how do you do a certain operation? For example, how do you go back and forth in history in the browser? And I was finding that people were doing that in multitude of ways. People were using the, the gestures or they were using the visual icons, or they were using the keyboard shortcuts, or they were using the single key keyboard shortcuts. There was all these different ways to do things. And I think saying that one way is more right than the other is just wrong. I mean, I think that's our task as software developers, we should adapt to the users. Now, that being said, I think a lot of people are happy with the solution out of the box, but there is a lot of people that would like things in a different way, and our job is to adapt to them.
0: You've been making preview and beta versions available since early two thousand and fifteen. Are a lot of people using it, and what have you learned from the from the people who have been testing it so far?
1: A lot of people are downloading and are using it, and we're getting rave reviews. I mean people really love what we're doing and and if you look at the comments from people they're really happy about what we are doing and and I mean they're very demanding. It has to be said, and that's the kind of users we are going for. We're going for people that want us to deliver to deliver more and more and more. There's a long list of requirements and and we love doing that because you, you provide people with something they're asking for, and they become very happy. So it's great. And that's, I mean, why we went back to doing this is the feeling of providing software that people love. To me, there's nothing close to that. It's it's just, it's fantastic.
0: So so can you think of some examples for, you know, from day one, you put out a browser and it already had a whole bunch of features that you might not have found in others, but between last year when you introduced it, uh, early 2015, and here we are in, in early uh, 2016 and you're releasing version 1.0, what are, what are some new things that you designed after getting feedback from the community? We started
1: with the tab handling, right? For example, I mentioned some of those ideas and they, did, they weren't all in the first version. Some of this came later. And then we started to add all kinds of options with how you deal with tabs. I mean, the reason why I mentioned this is because this is just one feature and, and there's so much opinion on how it should be done. So the question is, okay, how do you want to switch between tabs? Now, if you ask me, it's the most recently used order. So when I go back, I wanna to go to the last tab that I visited, wherever it is. Now, if you've been using Chrome for a while, you might be going to the left or right visually on the tab bar. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense because, well, if you have a lot of tabs and how do you jump between them? But anyway, we provide an option so you can get it your way. Then we are finding, okay, people have very different ways of when you click links. uh, Do you want them to open in the foreground background all those kinds of things and and again some people want to right click them some people want to control click them some people use the middle mouse button and we support all of those so there's a lot of details
0: so there's options depending on the feature there might be two ways or three ways or four ways to do the same thing or maybe even create your own custom keyboard shortcut for certain things right
1: yes there are strong opinions on this, and this depends on what you're used to or what you like. And our task is to adapt to you as a user and provide you with ways to do things. And, and we just spent a lot of time doing just that.
0: So, so you've been building web browsers for a long time. You started with Opera in 1995, is that right?
1: Yeah, actually, we started coding in 94.
0: Okay. So how how have things changed? I mean, it, it seems like a silly question, but why is a web browser even important in 2016 compared to when when you started and the web was a brand new thing, really?
1: The web is the most used tool in the world. There's nothing close to it. I mean, you have billions of people that are using the web, and for a lot of them, that is a major thing. I mean, they are doing a lot of their communication. They're getting all their information, just spending an awful lot of time online. So if you're spending, like many people are, hours each day on the internet using the browser, you would think that people would actually have opinions on how that piece of software should work. What we are finding in this, yeah, people have very, very strong opinions on how that piece of software should work, which is natural. We have opinions on what kind of clothes we wear, uh, what kind of car we drive, what kind of stereo we buy. We have opinions on a lot of things. There's a lot of different brands and there's a lot of choices. The most pieced use of software, why on earth should we all use the same one?
0: When you talk about everybody using the same one, like I said earlier, I feel like a lot of developers say, I want to have the big one. I want to have the one that everybody uses. This is uh, sort of taking a different approach and saying there are some people who don't want the one that everybody uses because they want to be able to customize it or use different types of features or change the way they use tabs or shortcuts. Are there enough people out there for this to be a profitable business model? Yes.
1: Uh, The answer to that is really simple. Yes. Uh, The business model is fairly simple, right? With Opera, we were making about a dollar per user per year, and we are doing it from search and affiliate partners, right? So from that perspective, it's just a question of getting enough users. With the kind of group of people that we have, we need a few million users to break even, then we take it from there.
0: We're talking just as you're getting ready to launch version 1.0, but you've had beta testers and and other early adopters trying it. Do you have a sense of are you close to having a few million users or do you expect to be at a certain point? What's what's the outlook?
1: It, it looks great. I mean, we had a few million downloads, we uh, expect that we have a few hundred thousand active users at this time, which I think is good to to have at this stage. Um, the, the feedback that we are getting is that people love what we are doing. So it's really just a question of uh, getting the browser out and obviously continuing to develop. I mean, the first version is the first version and we have a long list of things that we are adding. So. My expectation is that we'll, we'll get our millions of users and, and, and then we take it from there. That Opera, we managed to get 350 million users eventually. So it's, it's not like we haven't done this before. We know it's not a walk in the park. We know people have choices. But our impression is that a lot of people really, really, really like what we are doing and, and, and will use our browser.
0: One thing that's interesting is I think a lot of people who might not have known Opera from the early days got to know it really well in later years when Opera developed a number of web browsers for mobile devices, smartphones, because there was a time when mobile web browsers were awful. (laughs) And Opera came up with some interesting features that made it easier to access your data, uh, either by compressing the data so that you could use slow internet connections and and get pages to load more quickly, or other features like your speed dial feature, which allows people to quickly get to their favorite sites. So mobile was sort of a big thing for Opera for a number of years. But with Vivaldi. You don't even have a mobile browser yet. You're launching originally on Windows, Mac, and Linux, right? Yeah.
1: So the focus in the beginning is on the desktop. I I think that's a natural first step for us. The feeling is that there really is a need on desktop. Uh, There's been really no big new browsers for a long time. I think the last one is Chrome. That's almost 10 years ago. There's really a need for a new browser on desktop, and we'll make one for mobile as well. We've already looked at it. Uh, it's just a question of getting the work best up first.
0: How are things going so far? I, I understand you're, you've paid for the development out of your own pocket up until now. Is that still true? That's true. And and why why do that? Why not you know try to get venture capital or or other things that startups tend to do?
1: We've gotten a lot of calls from venture because they they do see what we're doing and they recognize that we've done this before. I'm very flattered by that. Clearly, it, it's good uh, venture capitals that have been uh, contacting us. But the reality is we're building this browser for our friends, that's kind of our motto there. And at at Opera I had to deal with very difficult investors. And it led to finally that I left the company after having seven years of fights because they really didn't believe in the the company and wanted to sell it. The reality is my experience with having investors that are wanting to go in a different direction is, is not something that was great. And the fact that uh, we can do without the investors, we don't need them. I, I can fund this myself, it makes it possible to build a browser and just focus on one thing. We don't have to think about an exit strategy. We don't have to think about going public or or anything like that. We just focus on building a great product for our users and, and hopefully they'll like it. And uh, that will make us break even and then take it from there.
0: How long can you afford to keep it going before you need to need to make money i mean in two years if you don't if you're not turning a profit will you still be making vivaldi
1: i mean we have already been working on it for more than two years and i can tell you that whenever i start something i tend to finish it and don't go all the way i mean that's what we did at opera and that's the plan for vivaldi as well we can we can continue to work on this for a very 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 long time when i left opera i sold my years and i'm using that to pay for vivaldi
0: and and so, um, I mean, speaking of Opera and some of the changes at Opera, I think this happened after you left, but Opera had developed its own rendering engine, its own its own sort of basis of the browser for accessing websites called Presto. And a few years ago, Opera switched to using, using the same underlying framework that Google uses for the Chrome web browser. And um, I understand that Vivaldi also uses that, which the good news is that means that any website that you can view in Google Chrome, you can view in Vivaldi, uh, which is pretty important. But are there any sort of downsides? Uh, I know you were a fan of the Presto uh, engine, which is no longer really in development.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Presto engine was great. And to be frank, one of the reasons why Vivaldi exists is the decision by Opera to kill Presto. So, I mean, Presto was great. We built it from ground up. We wrote all the code ourselves. We made a browser that would run on anything, which was memory safe, um, a, a brilliant piece of code. I'm still not really understanding the decision that Opera made to kill it. And it's clearly not a decision that I was a a fan of. Um, But it's a decision that Opera made. First, uh, reducing the investment in, in the core until it was starting to not be as competitive as before. And then there was a decision to stop the development and move over to Chromium. Now, the fact that Opera moved over to Chromium meant that if I was building a browser... I was not competing with my old code, right? And secondly, because Opera decided to then, at the same time as as throwing away the engine, they decided to throw away the UI and start from scratch. That also changed the equation. I mean, I talked to the guys, I, I asked them, so guys, when are we getting the features that you removed? When are we getting it back? And after a little bit of time, I realized that's not gonna happen. So then the users of Opera and, and myself were left in this situation, okay, what do we do? The browser we've been using for all these years is not going to be updated. So what do we do? And and the decision was to create Vivaldi.
0: And and you, you also are using Chromium, um, I guess, because Presto is no longer an option, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, Presto is not an option. Uh, one, that code is not available. And the reality is also that code has not been maintained for years. I mean, there was 100 people working on Presto at Opera. In my humble opinion, that should have been increased and, uh, and, and Presto would have been able to stay competitive. But five years right. in the web world is a very, very, very long time. And I don't think the Presto code has seen any any significant development for five years.
0: And and you mentioned there was 100 people working on that team. So developing your own from scratch probably wasn't going to happen either, right?
1: No, it, it's it's not feasible. I mean, if you look at it, there's been no new browser from scratch for more than 15 years. Chrome is built off the same code base as Safari, which is based off code base from the KDE project. So there's been no new browser from scratch. And there's a reason for that. It It, it would require a very, very significant amount of people and it would also require a significant amount of time because no matter what you would have to spend all this time dealing with the fact that the web is not compatible with the web standards so you have to deal you have to write all this code to to be compatible and 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 i don't think that's something that's easy to do which is why no one is doing it not even google or apple
0: is your target audience is it you know, opera refugees? Is it people who are using other browsers but might want to step up to something more powerful? Is it both of those and more?
1: It's basically both of that and more. In some ways, we we start the project with a focus on, on satisfying those dissatisfied Opera users, uh, people that were loyal to Opera for years and were left behind. But we quickly realized there's a lot of people using other browsers that uh, would like their browser to do more. Um, you're welcome to use Vivaldi. I mean, everyone is welcome, but uh, clearly we are looking for advanced users for sure. That's our target audience, but uh, also those are the kind of people that will tell their friends which browser to use. Are
0: are you imagining that there might be some people who look at it and say, that is just too much, that is not for me. And is there anything you can do to attract them or does it not matter if you don't? I mean, we accept that some people will not like our browser.
1: But I think out of the box, I mean, we have a beautiful browser. It's more colorful. I think a lot of people will like it. People will have a look at it and they just might find, okay, uh, out of the box, the browser is quite simple to use and I can grow with it you start to play with the browser and you find out, okay, there's a there's a neat little function there. I would like to use that. There's another neat little function there. Whatever that function is, I, I think for uh, people that are getting the browser for the first time, things like just the speed dials, just a, a very visible, easy access to your favorite sites, that's, that's very useful. And then maybe you find out that uh, the Zoom function, having that so easily accessible is something that's useful for uh, your browsing. That's been my experience that even people that are not spending a lot of time online. You you provide them with a few of those features that are useful to them and they love it.
0: When we were talking about Opera, I think Opera did one of the most unusual and unexpected things in the browser space recently when they introduced an ad blocker built right into the browser. It's not an extension, it's not an add-on. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, aside from the fact that you used to work at Opera, but, you know, what are your thoughts on the idea of ad blocking being built into a browser? Is this a good idea, a bad idea, a weird idea?
1: I mean, I think it's an interesting idea, for sure. I mean, there's a number of sides to this, and I don't think this is that simple. One, I mean, Opera is making most of its revenues through ads, so I'm a little bit surprised that Opera would go and do this, to be frank. But the way I view it, there's a lot of ad blockers out there. Uh, people that want to use ad blockers, they they can download one and add it to their browser. I think there is um, an issue with if everyone was using ad blockers, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned where that would lead us with regards to an open and free internet. But again, it's, 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 it's an interesting move for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I make a living from online advertisement shown on my website and I have... I'm also on all sides of this issue. I understand that blocking ads makes web pages load more quickly. Uh, Some people are concerned about the privacy implications of ads the way they currently are or security because sometimes malware can be served through ads. So I totally understand why people want to install ad blockers. It just seems very unusual for a web browser maker to include it built in.
1: Yeah, I I think it's an interesting move. But also, I mean, again, after after I quit Opera, Opera's been buying mobile ads companies, a lot of them. And it is interesting when you're an ad company and then you build in ad blocking.
0: The only weirder thing would be if Google did this, I suppose.
1: <laughs> in so, in some ways, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if if Google were to block all their own ads or or every other ad but um, their own, that's yeah. It it this is this is complicated, and uh, I mean, I've lived on the internet from the beginning. I, I think uh, there's a lot of good things to be said about it, and I would like to keep it the way it is. Clearly, as you say, uh, especially ads that go way overboard on tracking are bad. Ads that go way overboard with taking over the screen or, or, or tricking you into clicking things that you don't want are, are not good. But at the same time, having all that great content be available free because it's ad-sponsored is a good thing.
0: You spent 15 years building a web browser, got frustrated and left. And then after a couple of years, you started building a web browser again. So you must, you must have an itch that you need to scratch.
1: I think for all of us, the, the the point is we're building something that people are using in millions and millions. And uh, they really love it. And they tell us, they communicate to us what they like and what they don't like. And I think that's fantastic. It's this close relationship with the end users. There's nothing that beats it.
0: At a time when so many companies are making decisions that are meant to maximize their audiences, or we see companies like Google all the time close off a product, something like Google Reader, that millions of people were using Google Reader to access their news. And Google said, well, that's a small, small number for us, and we should allocate our resources elsewhere. And so it's interesting to see a company like Vivaldi form that says, well, those small audiences that are unhappy with Firefox and the current direction of Opera and Chrome they deserve a web browser. And so we're going to create something for that group. And if millions and millions and millions of people use it, that's great. But it doesn't seem like your goal is necessarily to knock Google and, and Firefox and all the others down. It's to create something so that there's an alternative for the people who really want those power user features. So it's interesting to me, I guess, to see a company that's strategy is really to focus on a smaller audience, but a loyal audience or a hopefully loyal audience.
1: You're right. I mean, we are focusing on our users. Uh, we, we love building great products. We love the fact that they like them. And and we, we see that they're not being served. So it's, it's it's a lot of fun. At Opera, we were always being told that we didn't have any users, right? I come from a country, Iceland, with uh, 330,000 as a whole population. We're going to have millions of users. Uh, hopefully uh, tens of millions. Uh, I'm just very happy that people that have a lot of choice decide to, to choose our browser.
0: So right, right now, you've already had more people download your browser than live in the country you came from? Multiple times, yeah. If you had to describe the coolest thing about Vivaldi in just like 30 seconds, what would you tell somebody about it? To me, it is an individual browser it's it's
1: seeing that you as an end user deserve a browser that's made for you and the feeling that we see with users they they download the browser they like the initial feel they change a couple of settings and and then they think okay they were thinking about me when they designed this and that's when we feel we've succeeded
0: jan van techner is founder of vivaldi technologies and co-founder of opera software jan thanks for joining us on lpx Thank you. My pleasure. The Vivaldi web browser is available for download from vivaldi.com. You can also learn more about the browser by visiting our website at lpxshow.com, where you can also leave comments, ask questions, or send suggestions. And you can also find past episodes of the podcast at lpxshow.com. LPX is available from iTunes, Stitcher, and most other places that you find podcasts. So if you haven't already subscribed to the show, now's your chance. And don't forget to leave a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Brad Linder.